Today's daf is daf nun vav. We're holding at the bottom of nun hey amud beis, four or five lines from the bottom, the two dots. Tiny we learned in a brisa. Am Rabbi Yeshua arba devarim haosa oisan potum idina adam mechayv idina shemayim. There are four situations that if a person engages in these behaviors or activities, although he cannot be held liable in a court of law, his potter bidine adam, but nevertheless he is held responsible bidine shamayim. Now what exactly the parameters of chai bidine shamayim are is subject to some dispute amongst the mefarshim. Some say that allows the victim to seize it extrajudiciously. If he sees it extrajudiciously, basically not going to make him give it back because it's, the person is chai bidine shamayim. Others say no, chai bidine shamayim means Hashem's got to take care of it. That's the, you don't have a right to become vigilante and take it into your own hands. It's a discussion. But nevertheless, so what are these four things? If you go and break a fence in front of your friend's animal, and then obviously what happens? The animal goes out and uh, either gets damaged or does damage, so the person who broke the fence cannot be held accountable. And we'll discuss this. Each one of these cases we uh, discuss a little more. Now that actually was implied from our Mishnah, because in our Mishnah it says that if thieves broke into your yard and the animal goes out and damages, it says you're potter. It says if they took it out, then they become chayv. It's mashma that if they didn't actually physically take it out, but the animal just went out on its own, they would be potter. Which is this halachos that actually is implied from our Mishnah. All right. The second case is the fire. There's a fire nearby, and you go and you go over to your neighbor's grain and you bend it in the direction of the fire. Fire takes hold of it and burns it up. You are potter. And the one is going to ask, what do you mean you should be potter? You should be chayv in such a case. That's actively involved in the destruction of your neighbor's property. The one will discuss this as well. Hasocher. The third thing is hasocher eda sheker lehaid. You go and hire false witnesses to testify to the detriment of your, uh, 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 the, the defendant, in, a, 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 in, in the, 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 uh, the victim. Uh, financially, it affects him. So then again, we'll discuss the case, but you are going to be parter bedine adam yuchai bedine shamayim. And the last one is, um, that hayudei edus l'chaveirov, you know testimony that would be to the benefit of your friend, and you uh, withhold that information. You don't go and testify, costing him money. So there again, you are potter b'dine adam, but you are chav shamay. So we'll go through each one of these now and explain exactly what the novelty is, what exactly is the case. Amar Mar, so the master just got through saying, is that, what did it, was Rabbi Yeshua, what did he say? Haporetz geder b'fnei behemes And the master says, hey, what is the case? I'm going to learn this the way Rashi and Tozer understands Rashi, understand this. There are different discussions here amongst the commentaries. Not everyone understands it this way. Now, Elam of Kosal Bari, if let's say that this wall that was built, that you broke, was a sturdy wall. This was a sturdy wall. So then, Lechora, the most question is that at least you should be high for breaking the wall. What do you mean you're potter? This is the way Rashi learns the question, meaning, you want to tell me your potter for what happens to the animal because it was indirect, I understand. But you're breaking the fellow's wall, but it's a sturdy wall, then at least you should have to pay for the breaking of the wall. Which means, the way Rashi is learning the question, the more I understand, the animal for sure you're potter. 
But what about the wall? The wall, you should be high about it. And you said, Pots is mashman both on the animal and on the wall. That's the, that's the question according the to Rashi. No, 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 it didn't say wall fell over anything. The animal was cooped up behind the wall. You broke the wall, the animal went out, and, and then went out. But a boy, at least, at least you have to pay for the wall. I mean, right? says on the wall you should have to pay, right? Other commentators who's talking about the wall of it. I don't know what we're doing with the wall, but anyway, but that's how Rashi learns this. All right, Ella says the more you're talking about a kosa ra'u. I mean, we're talking about that this wall already was assessed as a wall that is a shaky wall, a flimsy wall. And therefore, since it's a flimsy wall, he was going to have to knock it down anyway. Could be that even the, the zoning regulations, they already put that yellow tag on the wall. So you can't say, oh, you're going to pay me for my wall. Why can't you say you have to pay me for my wall? You're going to have to take it anyway, right? So therefore, that's, so that's the case. So you don't have to pay for the wall and the animal now that got either damaged or got damaged, you don't have to pay for either because that was indirect because he didn't directly take the animal out of the other guy's Rishus. All right, Amar Mar, the second ruling of Rabbi Yeshua was, that if you bend the grain in front of the fire, you are potter b'dinei adam. Ask the Gemara like this. Let's understand what's going on over here. Hey, Chidami, what's the case? If we're talking about under normal climactic uh, conditions, that with a normal ruach metsuya, the fire will be able to now reach the grain. Without you having bent it, the fire would not reach it. But now, because you bent it, and under normal circumstances, now the fire will reach it. So then, then how can you tell me that this guy is not obligated? This guy is a direct cause to the damage. You can't say it's an indirect. It's a Ruch Matsuya. You know it's coming, and you put it in the, in the path. All right? Ella says, What happened was, is that under the normal circumstances, the fire would not necessarily have reached here, unless the wind would have kicked up. It would become a Ruach Sha'enimetsuya, then it would have. So therefore, yes, it's true that if you would not have moved the grain into the path of the fire, it wouldn't have burnt, but the expectation was that this was not a, a, a normal uh, expected wind, and therefore you are negligent in Shamayim, but you're not going to be held responsible in a, in a regular court of law. Right. Now, Rav Ashi gives a different answer. Rav Ashi says, I'll tell you what, you know what happened over here? Fire is coming from the neighbor, from, uh, from neighbor A, and it's going into neighbor B's rishus. Comes along neighbor C, and he covers all of the grain or the vessels, he covers it with a blanket. Now, fire comes, burns it up. Fire is coming, he's gonna burn it out anyway. But the actions of neighbor C cause neighbor B loss. Why? Because we know Chachamim Hall covered your potter. So what this guy went and did now attributed to the loss because without him having covered it, yeah, the fire was going to come anyway, but B could have sued A. But because C covered it with B's stuff, B can no longer sue A. I sue B. But what are you going to say? He didn't damage your stuff. He, 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 halachically, he caused you a problem. That's an indirect damage. Therefore, that's where you chayv and shaman, your potter and adam. Right? You got the case. So that's a difference. So we have two ways of understanding of Yeshua's statement that in the case of uh, where, where it says that you, you bent the grain, I mean, you did something to the grain that caused it now to be a, there's a liability created because of your actions. 
but it only is chayv in dinah shemayim. Either one was you moved it into the path and a ruach she'en metsuya kicked out, or you covered it. Okay. Now, so therefore, Rav Ashi Amar Taman Itma, we're discussing when you covered it. Mishum Deshavya Taman Be'esh, because you now uh, caused it to enter into the legal realm of an item that's covered in a case of fire, an item that's covered in a case of fire, you cannot hold the, uh, the, the person who started the fire liable. That's the rule. All right, Amar Mar, there's a third case. Hasoka Eidei Sheker, you hired false witnesses. Now, the one who wants to know is like this, who are you hiring them on whose behalf? Meaning, let's say Ruvain hired these false witnesses to testify against Shimon. Now, when they testify, now Shimon, let's say, owes $1,000. Who is he paying the $1,000 to? Let's assume that he pays $1,000 to Ruvain, the person who hired them, which would make sense. I'm hiring them so they should testify on my behalf that he should have to kick in and give me $1,000. So says, how do you tell me that that person is not obligated legally to go, he, he should be obligated legally to give back the money. Why is he obligated legally to give back? You're holding onto stolen property. Meaning, this is not just a Dine Shemayim Halacha. In Dine Adam, if you have somebody stolen property, you have to go ahead and give it back. So the one says, so like, if it's talking about that he's hiring them to benefit himself, so Mamona boy he has to pay his money. What do I mean he has to pay his money? It's true that without evidence against him, based in cannot hold him liable, but the fact that he has to give back the money is not just a uh, the Allah is if you're holding somebody's stolen property, you have an obligation to go give it back. No, right, you, hear, you hear the question, right? Someone says like this. Someone says like this. And that's in the in 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 in, uh, in the human court of law. You have an obligation to give that back, right? Until now, we're talking about all kinds of things that even in a human court of law, were they aware of it? they would not be able to enforce it. Here the situation is, if they know you're holding on to stolen property, they would also be able to enforce it. So therefore, the fact is, this is a Dine Adam issue. This is not a Dine Shemaim issue. So what is like this? You're right. What happened was, Ruvain hired these witnesses to testify on behalf of, uh, against Shimon on behalf of Levi. It means Levi is the one that's gaining from the money. So therefore, what did Ruvain do? Ruvain, you can't say, well, you've got to give back the money yourself because he never gained from that money. But he caused Shimon to have to lose. Now, Tosus goes into over here is that it's talking about that Levi doesn't have the money anymore. Because the Chor, if Levi has the money, then the one who's legally responsible to give back the money is Levi should have to give it back to Shimon. So therefore, if Levi has to give it back to Shimon, and Levi does give it back to Shimon, then the Chor, Ruben, doesn't have to give anything to Shimon either. And therefore, Tozos implies, and you should not be chayiv b'dina shaman, which is not so clear, why would that be? The guy went on, uh, took off. Whatever. But the point over here is, so therefore it's not so, it's not, if you benefited, then it's clear cut. But then Adam, you have to give back that money. But it's not clear cut here because you didn't benefit. Levi benefited. All right, so let him give the money. Tosa says he's not around to give back that money. So you now have a moral imperative, at least Shamayim, to make sure that you make whole who? You may call Shimon. Ruben needs to make call Shimon because of what his actions led to. Let's go back to it.
Not no. Why they Adam only if the second group comes and says They weren't found to be false over here. They were found to be false. There's no problem. But that wasn't the case. All right. So Moses is like this. Uh, now the last one. Uh, uh, All right. So case the fourth case was that you know testimony that could benefit Ruben knows testimony could benefit Shimon. And Shimon would be able to now, let's say, collect money based on it. But because he doesn't testify, Shimon is not able to use Ruben's testimony because Ruben withhold, withholds his testimony. Now, the one who wants to know, Maya skin, and what's the case over here? Means, is the case over here, there is, to, you, normally to extract money, you need two witnesses, right? So now, is it that there is already one witness waiting to go, and all that one witness needs is your testimony, because with your testimony, Shimon will now have two witnesses, and he now can extract the money from Levi. Is that the case? He said, that can't be the case, because that's a case in the Torah. The Torah talks about a case that if you withhold testimony that causes someone direct financial loan, it says, you actually have to bring a carbon to atone for the sin that you did. So therefore, that the fact that you're high of the Dine Shamayim, for such a thing, that deposit says you will bear your sin. I don't need the, the Rabbi Yeshua to tell me, oh, that's a case where you're chayvedin shemaim. Of course you're chayvedin shemaim. The Torah says you have to bring a carbon if you did that. So that can't be the situation that we're discussing over here. So what the Torah is going to say, you're right. It wasn't that there was another witness waiting to go. When you withheld your testimony, you were the only witness that had any information, that fact that Levi owes that money to Shimon. So you'll ask me, well, if you're an only witness, so then what would have it helped if Levi, if Ruvain stepped forward and testified? Shimon didn't have another witness, so what would have it helped? Because the halacha is that if you can bring a one witness against uh, uh, the defendant, he has, he has to take an oath. The wit- one witness is able to elicit an oath. And if that person refuses to take the oath, then what? Then the plaintiff is going to be able to, that's a victory for the plaintiff. Then he has to pay. You, yeah, you either, either you take an oath or you pay. So you still have, there was a loss that was a caused. A gets it so that someone would have to take an oath. Yeah, meaning that you, you could have caused him to take an oath and he might then have not wanted to lie under oath and might then would have had to pay. So therefore, that's the case that in Shemayim, you are held liable. It can't be talking about that you were the second witness and you just didn't step forward because that's the case in the Torah that says you have to bring a carbon. It's not really Adam, but it's clearly Minas Shemayim in that case because you have to bring a carbon because you did an Aveira. So therefore, that's not the case. The case is we talk about you're only the only witness. Now, if the case is talking about that you were the second witness, Pshita, Doraisahu, that's Minatora, that's the case, that you are Chayev. Imlo Yagid, this is the post, it says, Imlo Yagid, if you don't testify, you have to bear your sin, you have to bring a carbon. Elabachad, we're talking about what? That there was, you're the only witness, you're the only witness, so therefore, so what harm was there in not testifying? So Raj explains, because if you would have testified, then what? You would have been able to elicit a shua out of the defendant. And the fact that, and, and so how would that have helped the, uh, the, the plaintiff? How would it have helped him? Because if the defendant refuses to take that oath, then what? 
You're coming up like a, you're being machadish. There's four cases when in cold out cooler. There's four cases when I mean four cases that where that you chayav in shemaim and you potter in dinah adam. The Moshe says I'm going to go through a whole litany of cases that are brought down either in mishnayos or brises that have the same result where the chiyuv is only in dinah shemaim and you potter dinah adam. What is the novelty of these four cases? What are you trying to tell me? Says the Gemara va'ika v'suleika. There are no other ones. Va'ika there are. This is the demonic for the cases that are upcoming. The simon is Ha'oseb, Basam, Vashliach, Haveiro, Nishbar. We've had some of these cases already. Number one, we know, is that one of the most valuable halachic uh, items is the water and the ashes of the Paraduma. Paraduma, millions of dollars of Paraduma. Okay, so if somebody is preparing a Paraduma, either the waters where the ashes have been mixed into it or the ashes themselves, the halacha is you're not allowed to do any work with a paraduma. If you do any work with a paraduma, you now have invalidated. So what happens over here? This person has this paraduma. Even with the ashes too. Even right? with the Both ashes. I know. So the case of even the water or the ashes as well. What this person went and did is there were this waters and the ashes of the paraduma ready to go, ready to be functional to sprinkle on a person. And somebody comes along and he uses it as a counterbalance. Meaning, basically, he takes the ashes of the water, and I've got a five-pound vessel. I fill it up, and then I use that found uh, as a counterweight to measure something else that is worth five. That disqualifies it. Now, at the end of the day, do the, does the waters of the paraduma or the ashes look any different than they did five minutes ago? It's a hezek she'ener nicker. It's not a discernible damage. Halachically, you destroyed it, but not. In such a case, you're chayvah dina shamayim, you're not chayvah dina adam. That's gonna be, but you see, there's another case. So why is that case not included in your list? Right? Why are you giving me four examples? What are these four examples unique to, this, this, to these results? With the water of the ashes mixed with water. Or even with the waters or with the cow itself, you went and did malacha, all right? Potter, you are exempt from it. Why? Because it's considered a hezek she'en and nikr, but medina adam, only medina adam, you can't sue the guy in court, but medina shamayim, you are chayiv. That's already another case. What about vaika? We had this case before. Machlok is exactly the parameters of the case. But if you feed, you put food down, and you like laced it with rat poison, or you go ahead and you put poisonous stuff down, and your neighbor's ox comes and eats it and dies because of it. So we said, depending on the circumstance, you have a right to say, well, he shouldn't have eaten it. But Lamaisa, that just exonerates you in a court of law. But in Shemayim, you are Chayim. says that some put in front of the neighbor's ox. Potter, second case. Third case. We had if a person gives a torch, it was actually a torch, or he gave him the implements to make a torch, we had before, to somebody who's an uh, incompetent, to uh, a fire, it's an indirect damage, and you're potter. Right. We had a machlok is exactly how, uh, what, what the scenario was, depending on whether you hold, how, how you hold H works. But anyway, the point is, <coughs> that, that's the third case. What about the fourth case? If you go behind your friend and you scream and you shock him and, 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 and the, the shock, the trauma causes him to get damaged, it's also not a direct damage. 
and it's Potter Bidine Adam, and it's Chavidine Shamayim. Vaika, and this number six, case number six. Vaika, what about the following case? Is that we had the also again the subject to the okay. machlokus okay. uh, uh, whether you hold in machlokus tanoim whether you hold niskal pasheya if somebody trips is considered to be negligent or it's going to be considered to be uh, an onus or a pshia so nishbara kado if you uh, brought your your vessel your jug broke rishus arabim v'lo silkan you did not remove it in time and naflo gemalo or your animal your your camel collapsed. And and you not stand it up in time, and somebody comes and falls over that. So we had a machlokas. Rav Meir Machai Bezeker. Rav Meir says you're high for the damage they caused. Tachamim say you're part of bedina. Rav because they hold you're not responsible in a case where someone something or someone trips, and therefore, but what do you see? There's another example. It's case number six or seven of uh, you have a high bedina shemaim, even though you're part of bedina adam. So Mora says like this, so therefore, let's just circle back. So what's the original question? The question is, what's unique about these four cases that you need to list them where we have already, I gave six or seven cases where the same result applies. So Mora says like this, in Mia Ika Tuva, you're right, there are many cases where the result is the same, that your Potter Bidina Adam and Yechai Bidina Shemayim. What's unique about these four is, Hani Itzrichaleh, that these are four are necessary, because Ma'odaseh Mekidina Shemayim Nami Lolechai. We're going to go through each one of the four, but here you have a reason to assume that maybe you should not even Mechayim, you should not even Mechayim Bidina Shemayim. Meaning like this, that there's a, there were uh, 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 elements of the case that you would have thought, of course you're Potter and Dina Adam, but not only you're Potter and Dina Adam, you might have thought you're Chayav and Dina Shemaim, and they have no moral you're obligation. I mean, you're not Chayav and Dina Shemaim. That's what's unique about it. I mean, all the other ones, it was clear you did something wrong, and then the novelty is you don't have to pay Bidina Adam, but you're still Chayav and Dina Shemaim. Here, the novelty is that you're even Chayav and Dina Shemaim. Now, let's go through them. So Kamash Malan comes to teach you that you're Chayv as well. Let's go through them. So now, remember, we talked about a case where the wall that you knocked down was actually already assigned uh, by the city as a, what's the, what's the word uh, when you have to knock it down? It was uh, given a status of... Uh, it was red tagged. Okay, it was red tagged. So you might think, if anything... You're actually doing what this guy should have taken care of. This is a dangerous wall. And therefore, you're doing something good by knocking down this wall that he should have knocked down. Maybe, therefore, that should exonerate you not only for sure, Dina Adam, you, you didn't do anything direct. There's no direct. But maybe you should not even be held liable if the animal goes out and either damages or get damaged. Kamash Milan, that even though you think you're doing something good because this wall has been retagged, you're still high within a shaman. That's the novelty over there. Maudusema came into Mr. Rekoi, that this wall has already been deemed a wall that is unsafe and has to be knocked down. So therefore, my Ovid, so what maybe, what has this guy done? Bedina Shemaim, Nami Lolachayev, maybe he should not even be called responsible Bedina Shemaim, Kamash Malan, he is responsible Bedina Shemaim. Second case, Hakova Kamazo Shechavera Nami, remember we talked about, we said it's not talking about whether it's a normal wind, because a normal wind, of course you're going to be high even Dine Adam, but the case over here was, yeah, you bent it, but what happened was, like a hurricane kicked up. You could say, is who would have thought? That, it, that, that some Eruch would come, and therefore maybe this guy should not even be held responsible, what? For, um, 
Shemayim. Even Medina Shemayim, he should not be held. So therefore, Mao to say, Maybe he should be able to defend himself and says, Who would have thought a Ruch Shayna Metsuya would show up? And Medina Shemayim, Nami Lola Chayv, and therefore, he should not be Chayv, Medina Shemayim, Kamash Malam, that he is. Now, what about Ravashi? Ravashi learned the case is that he threw a blanket over the item. You throw a blanket over the item, it's hard to, un- you, that, you cause the guy now to lose the ability to collect. Why would I have thought in such a case that I'm Potter in Dinah Shemayim? Right? That's how he learned the case. He learned the case, he's also talking about a case of Tamun Itmar. We're discussing a case where he covered an item that he covered the items before they got burned. Wait, we're not talking about who would be not the guy that covered it. The, yeah, the guy who covered, covered it. it. The guy who covered it one, causes the loss. He would be the one. All right. Ruben's fire is. He's Potter here, but maybe Chayim and Shemayim. Yeah, but why, but but they said that you and I thought he's Potter and Shemayim. Why would you have thought he's Potter and Shemayim? Ruben's fire is coming to burn Shimon's item. Ah, that's what I was going to say. So what I'm saying is like this. So therefore, you would have Moses like this. So what about according to? The opinion of Rav Ashi. Rav Ashi, the Amanami Taman, it marmal the same. You want to say, Anakisiyukasitin Nihalach. I was trying to cover it for you. I was trying to protect you. And maybe that for, I should at least get brownie points that I'm not chayv b'dinei. Shemayim for what I did. Kamash Malah. The fact that you made a mistake and you covered it, even if your intentions were good. No good deed goes unpunished. Yeah. Well, it's not really, it wasn't a good deed. It was a good thought. The deed yeah. itself was a bad thought. Right, right. Okay. Kamash Malah. Now. Let's go through. Asokar Eide Sheker, the third of the four cases, was you hired false witnesses, and because you hired them, Shimon ended up having to pay Levi. Now, why would I have thought that Reuven should be completely off the hook? So when it says like this, because Reuven can say, yes, we have a rule that if you're, if, if, like, why there's no agent, there's no agency for, uh, for Averis. Why? Because you can say, I, you know, I told you, and I encourage you to do something. My expectation is that who are you going to listen to? Maybe you should listen to Hashem. So therefore, the fact is that I could say, yes, I didn't think they were going to do it. And therefore, maybe I should even be Potter, Bedine, Shemaim. I guess the answer to that is, yeah, but you know, you, incite, you incited them to do it by offering them money. Maybe then you can't say, I didn't think they were going to do it, even though you're right, they shouldn't have done it, but you're still held responsible. So, that if you're faced with making a decision, you'll get the instruction from the master. And you get an instruction from the, from the student, who do you listen to? And therefore, so therefore, that's not an argument, and you're on Don't listen to my bad advice, effectively. Like, I didn't really think you're, that's what you're saying. That's was that that was the defense, but right. you see that yeah. defense is it not a good yeah. okay, Now, the last one was Now, uh, what, what's the what's the novelty over there? So remember, what did we say? The reason you're chayev because you had knowledge that could have elicited an oath 
uh, from that person, and therefore, and if he would refuse to take the oath, he would have to pay. So he says the reason why you might think it's not chayvin because there's so many uncertainties over here. I could have testified, but who says that my testimony would have resulted in him not wanting to take the oath and therefore paying? Right? It could be very. If, if anything, I could say I didn't want to testify because I didn't want him to swear falsely. Right? But it might be they were sworn falsely. You wouldn't have gained anyway. Kamash Malan doesn't matter. You are still held within the Tomorrow says like this. Because you could say, who says, even if I would have testified, who says he would have admitted because of my testimony? Maybe he would have been willing to take the oath in false, uh, with, with, under false pretenses anyway. Kamash Malan comes to teach me that no, no, that's not an argument. You had to stand up and do the right thing and let the chips fall the way they fall. The fact you didn't, you chayvind in the shemayim. All right, let's go by to Nefertz of Elayim Okay, so we had in our Mishnah, there was two scenarios in our Mishnah. One is that at night, the wall fell down, hurricane hit at night, or the uh, uh, listim, robbers broke in at night. You didn't realize it until the next morning. Animal already had got out and the damaged you are potter. It says there, but if the animals took it out themselves, then they acquire the liabilities of the animal, and therefore whatever the animal does, then the robbers become responsible for the actions of the animal. But it's mashma in the first case is where they just broke the wall down and did not physically take the animal out, then you cannot even hold the robbers responsible because that's the case we had, like one of the four we just had before. Maybe in Shemayim they'll be responsible, but they did not, legally take responsibility for it because they did not physically take the animal, therefore they are, uh, they, they would be potter. Now, Rabbah comes along and made a statement. Now, it's the, 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 the Bnei Yeshiva understood Rabbah's statement was for clarif- clarification purposes concerning our Mishnah. But they were trying to figure out what part of our Mishnah did Rabbah make the statement concerning. So the initial assumption is he made it concerning the first part of our Mishnah. What was the first part of the Mishnah? The first part of the Mishnah was that the robbers broke the wall down, the animal escaped, and damaged, the owner is not held liable. That was the case, right? No. So it says more like this, I'm a rabba, but who's a chatra? The Moses says like this, Rabbah said that the case where you're exempt from liability is if the way the animal got out is it dug under the wall. Meaning, it didn't walk through the breach that was made, but it dug under the wall. That's a simple understanding of what Rabbah's trying to say. Which the Moses says, that implies that what? That if the animal did not dig under the wall, but the way the animal got out was through the breach made by the robbers, then you would be chayim. Now the Chorah, what's the pshat? You would be chayiv. What's the pshat? Hey, chidami. Right? That, that's, what, what's, what's the scenario over there? No, it's, it's the owner. We're talking about the owner. We're talking about the owners. Meaning like this. It's saying is like this. First case, the, the case we, that, we, that, that we had is that the robbers made a breach or the wall fell down on its own, right? We, either way, it was the wall fell down on its own or the robbers the made a breach. The animal got out. So it says that the owner is potter. Right? We said the owner is potter. Now the question is like this. Comes along Rabba and says, when is the owner potter? If the way the animal got out was, was under, no, oh, well, under it, dug, it dug under. So one second, that doesn't make sense. Now that, because that's like an unavoidable thing completely. Now, if the animal got under, if the animal dug under, so then 
under, dug under the wall, it implies that if the animal would have walked through the breach, then the, what? Then the owner would be higher. If the owner put up a strong wall and something be unavoidable happened that the animal, that the wall was Meaning breached, the wall, the, the so then why does it make a difference whether the animal dug under Underneath or went through the breach? Either way, the owner should be potter. That's the Morris question right. over here. According to our, right. So Morris is like this. So Morris is, hey, chidami, bori. If we're talking about that the wall was a healthy wall, even if the animal doesn't dig under the wall, but it went through the breach, why should the owner be chayev? What could he have done any better? He put up a strong wall. Right? The wall that we were dealing with is a weak wall. It was a weak wall. It means he was negligent to begin with because he was locking his animal up in a... Right. Even though it's difficult, you have to read how to do it because the Mishnah was talking about was It says that he, he locked it up appropriately, which means you have to say it was appropriate in terms of a Ruach Metsuya. It was still considered appropriate, but it still was de- destined to be falling down for other factors. You have to understand exactly. It's not so simple how that reads in. This is only a Havamina. Maybe the more could have asked that question, but at the end, it's not going to be an issue. But anyway, the person put it up in a... Uh, he put it up in a in, in a in a in an unsafe wall, which means he started off doing something negligent. Now, right? So therefore, so it's saying is uh, uh, that that what happened was that the animal did not go through the breach. What happened was the animal dug under the wall, even though there was a breach, some part of the wall fell down either on its own or it fell down because of robbers. The animal didn't walk through the breach, but the animal went under the wall. That's what we're saying. And now he's Potter. So one has a question like this. Am I Potter? Why, if he started off being negligent, why should he be Potter? Trilos of it, the, the, this situation is considered to be a scenario where you started off doing something negligent. What did he start off doing negligent? In a wall that wasn't he locked it in a, in a pen with a wall that was not a safe wall. For sofa bonus, now, even though it did result in an unavoidable act, what was the unavoidable act? Someone that came no, came and no, it went under. It went under, it went under the uh, the side of the wall. It went under the wall, not through the breach. Whereas the sofa bonus. So therefore, Lachora, he should still be Chayev. So when it says that's actually subject to a machlokas. So This would make sense if you hold that if you did something, we had this before, but if you did something that was negligent, the result though, the end of the reason, the way there was damage occurred because an unavoidable act. So we're putter. We don't say, well, you started being negligent, so we're not going to give you the coverage because it was an onus, then you're putter. So that would make sense. Meaning like this, that if the animal would have walked through the breach, that breach over there is a result of your having negligence of not safeguarding it to begin with. But therefore, that taki would be chayim. But if it would have gone under the wall, under the wall is not necessarily a direct result of the fact that you used a unsafe wall to begin with, so then you'll be potter. But then we can understand why there's a difference whether it goes through the breach or goes under the wall. Fine. But Ella, but there is an opinion that holds that that if you do start off doing something negligent, and even though Sofa Ba'ona, something happened at the end which was unavoidable, that they're going to still be held Chayev, then Rabbah's ruling doesn't make sense. You should be Chayev if, if it was a weak wall to begin with, which is saying that then you should be Chayev even if it went under the wall instead of going through the breach. 
to Mike Lumen, what are you going to say? So Ella says the Gemara Matnisim the Kosel Bari. So therefore, it could be the Gemara the Gemara the Bari, and therefore it was a good Shmira. So the question was. And therefore we said that even if the animal doesn't go under the wall, but walks through the breach that was created, the owner is not going to be held liable either way. So the I said, then what was Rabba's statement that, the, that went, it went under the wall? So Rabba wasn't going on the first half of the mission. He was going on the second half of the mission. Well, the case was, remember, you, you used oh, it and, and, and it went nuts. And, it, and so therefore, that's what Rabba is saying. So that what Rabba is saying is over there is it's talking about a case that uh, and the case over there is talking about even if the animal doesn't dig under the wall, in such a case, you're going to be held responsible. The mission is talking about a killer and your potter, whether or not the animal goes through the wall, or goes under the breach, because it was a sturdy wall and you're not held responsible for those actions. And Rabba was not talking about the first half of the Braisa, the first half of the Mishnah. When Rabba was talking, he was talking about the second half of the Mishnah. What's the second half of the Mishnah? You left the animal in the sun. Oh, you gave it over to a uh, imbecile, to a cotton, the yards of Ezekiel, and it went out and damaged. You are chayv. On that comes along Rabba. I'm a Rabba. That you're chayv in such a case, even where the animal dug, did something that was not, was not necessarily considered to be a normal behavior. They're digging under the thing. You'll still be held chayv in such a case. Why? Because uh, let me buy for sure if the animal did not dig under the wall, you're chayev. Because you put the animal, if the animal just broke through the wall, which is normative behavior when you leave an animal in the sun, you're for sure chayev in that case. But you're even right. But uh, but even even if a dog under the wall, because now I understand because you could argue one second. It's true. This started off being a pshia. How did, what was the negligence started off being that you left it in the sun? But it did something unavoidable. What, uh, it did something that was uh, something that was not expected. What did it do that was not expected? Yeah, it died on. So you might say that according to the opinions that if it's a tchila b'pshia the sova ba'onus, in this case you'll be potter. Says no. Rabbi, Rabbi says that according to everybody you'll be chayv in this case. What Rabbi is going to say is that once you leave an animal in the sun, then the animal is going to do everything it possibly can yeah. to get out. And even digging under wall is not going to see, under that circumstance circumstance cannot be viewed as an onus. It cannot be viewed as something that's unexpected because once you put the animal in that situation, all tactics that the animal use should be considered expected behavior and therefore you'll be chayv. That's what Rabbo is coming to tell me. Does Rabbo also say whether it was a uh, in the sun, or you put it under the... No, Rabbi just said that when it d- digs under the wall, he just said, even if it digs under the wall. Now, what was he talking about? Even if it digs under the wall in the beginning, that you're potter, or even if it digs under the wall in your chai. So now he's saying it's going to chai. But that's all he said was that even if it digs under the wall. Rabbi, he never doesn't said, the Gemara just bring two examples of that? One is in the sun, and the other is if you put it under the, uh, under the watching by cotton? You know, so again, when you want gave it to a cherish and showed to a cotton, it's probably... I, 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 mean, I don't see how you... That's, I mean, what's that for share there? Because you're, no, that, that's you're not right. So my, that, it's not talking about that case. It's talking about specifically okay. when it's in the sun. Right. So why is it like this? So therefore, like let's read inside. So let me buy hechde lo Everyone, that for sure you're chayev if it just walked out in, in uh, or it broke it broke through the walls 
in, in such that that's the that because then the whole thing is viewed as negligent from the beginning to the end. The fact is that you left the animal in the sun. The fact that it broke through the walls, even though normally for a normal animal that would have been safeguarded, but this is not a normal situation, so it's negligent from the beginning to the end. For sure you But even if it dug from under the walls, you'll be chayv to You might have thought Maybe we should have viewed that uh, as an unexpected act when a dog under. Kamash Malan comes to teach me, no, the Kulab Shia, that's all considered negligent. Why my time? What's the reason? To Amalei, because we say to the owner, maybe Yadat, you should have known the came in the Shafi Bechama that once you leave it in the sun, call Titztag the Islay, Lamevat Avdan Vinafko. It'll use any tactics that it's able to do to get out. And therefore, digging under the wall is not viewed anymore as an onus. That's also considered part of the original negligence and your chive in that case as well. Hotel listing, listing chayavin. Are we able to link this? Because they said when you left it in the sun or you left it with the cherish. No, I read, no, the cherish is not being addressed in, the, in, the, in this clause. It's not talking about the cherish of Pshita, Mara says like this, the, chor, the, sec, the second uh, ruling that if the robbers took it out, they now uh, are responsible, that seems to be pushing. If they physically acquired it, meaning even a goslin, when he takes over something by acquiring it, becomes his liability, his responsibility. So what's the novelty over there that the robbers are chayiv? Pshita, came into Avkua, since they took it uh, out themselves, it's considered in their domain, for all liabilities. The case over here is the The more is saying a big chiddush over here. Let's say there's one thing when they break down, they broke down the breach and they went into the house and the animal escaped through the breach. They're potter. They didn't do anything. So we said over here. But the second part that says that if they took it out, means if they took it out, of course they're chayv. The case was like this: is what they did was, is they the animal they stood in a in a way that the only way the animal could go was out. They didn't physically, let's say like the animal was standing one part of it and they wanted to make sure that the animal moves and the way they stood in a way is that directed the animal out. Now you could argue maybe that's not considered physically taking responsibility. The Chiddush over here that we're saying is that since they directed the animal out even without physically, touching the animal that's considered it. like taking responsibility and liability for the animal. They stood in front of the animal, so the uh, and 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 uh, and they're responsible. The they stood in front of it. Now we said this is this is Rab Kiada Rab. I'm a Rab. I'm a Rab. Masna. I'm a Rab. We're going to bring a a, a raya from Rab that that itself is considered like taking responsibility. Now the, the lashon is mamid. Mamid means you stood the animal or you directed the animal from uh, in front of, so uh, A directed animal B in front of the grain of C. All right? So when it says, chayev, A is chayev. So when it said, the one understood that maimid means over here that re, you reoriented the animal physically. If you reoriented the animal physically, then obviously you're chayev. I mean, what's the novelty over there? So maimid pshita, lo tzricha dekam means that that's this thing. What you did, you just stood in front of it, so instead of going one way, the animal now went towards the grain. That's considered, that, that's already a novelty, and that's what Rav is saying. And just as Rav explained in the case of the grain, that's what we'll explain over here. Why are the robbers higher for the damage that the animal occurs? It's not talking about that they physically took it out, because that's partial. What did they do? They stood in the in front of the animal that redirected the animal without physically reorienting the animal. That's what they did. Amar lay Abayel Rab Yosef. Abayel, when he, uh, Rab Yosef forgot his learning, Abayel reminded him, he says, when you taught us 
the case of Rabbah, you actually learned the case was Hekisha Amarlan. That it's talking about, yeah, they didn't physically drag the animal, but they hit the animal. They gave the animal a clop, and the animal, and that's, that's the novelty. That's also considered like Meshicha. That's also considered like taking physical acts. So meaning, you didn't want to say that standing in front of the animal, standing in front of him, you still hold these two indirect. So, but, but, so therefore, that's how you learn. And therefore, that's how you're going to learn our Mishnah too. The same way that you learned the Mishnah there, our Mishnah will be learned the same way as well. He's talking about that you hit it. So, this Dimnami, now Mishnah too, it's the Akisha. So, we have a Machlokas how to learn our Mishnah, the novelty of our Mishnah. According to Rabbi, you stood in front of it. According to Rabbi uh, Yosef, you hit it. All right. Masra Larova, Nicholas Larova. It says like this that we said that if you give it to the shepherd, the shepherd now accepts full liability. Now, the one wants to know what's the case exactly. Amri, the Bnei Shiva asked like this, who gave it to the shepherd? Meaning there's two scenarios that it could be talking about. The owner gave it to the shepherd, the shepherd accepts full liability, or the owner had given it to a shepherd, and the shepherd now gave it over to a second shepherd. So therefore, Amri, Tacht of Daman, says that the shepherd accepts, takes responsibility. Who's he taking full responsibility for? Elam, Tacht of Baal. If it's the owner, then this whole clause of the Mishnah is redundant. We already had a Mishnah earlier that says that if you have a, that if, if you give it to the four Shomrim, any one of the four Shomrim accept liability. So we already know the shepherd would accept it as liability as one of the Shomrim. He's, he's considered a, a hired hand. L'chora, if it's the Baal of the you, you take responsibility from the owner of the animal, Tanina Chadazim, that was already taught one time. What did we learn? It says, Masr Merchinam. You give over an item to the Shomer Chinam, to a Shol, to a, bar, to a, a, a borrower. Lenoz is Sochler to a person that is paying you rent, uh, to, is, is being paid to watch it. Lenoz to a renter. And they all take reliability over from the owner. So therefore, what's the question? So why does this case have to be talking about when you gave it over to a shepherd, the shepherd takes liability? That's clearly, that's one of the four shomrim. So therefore, you don't have to tell me that case again. Ella talked of the shomer. So must be, what's the novelty over here? When it says that you gave it to a, a, a shepherd, the shepherd takes responsibility. It's talking about shepherd A gave it to shepherd B. Right? The shomer kamer ipotele, and therefore, the original shomer who the owner gave it to now becomes exempt, and who takes over the liability? Shomer number two. So Mordechai says, that's the problem with that, because we had a machlokas amaroyim. It's machlokas rova, and I don't know if it was rova and abaya, but rova held that shomer shemazla shomer, the first shomer doesn't lose liability, because the owner can say, I only gave it to you because I accept your level of responsibility. I didn't give you the right to go over to give it to a second shomer, and therefore you don't lose liability responsibilities when you give it over to a second shomer. Now, if our case and our mission is told by that one shepherd go over to a second shepherd, that would be direct conflict to be actually a teyufta on the position of Rava. Tomorrow says that listen, therefore ask the Gemara so Lema to have a teyufta the Rava, to have a Rava, because Rava held, Rava said like this, it's on Yud Aleph we had this, Shomer Shemosel is Shomer, if one Shomer gives it over to a second Shomer, Chayev, because the original owner says, I didn't trust the second Shomer I only trusted the first Shomer Right? So the Chorev, the Aaron Mishnah is talking about that one shepherd gave it a second shepherd. So then why does it go to the liability shift to the second shepherd? According to Rav, it should stay with the first one. So Amalach Rav, the way Rav will explain this, it's not considered a refutation according to him. My muscle at Roe, the Barzile, 
he gave it over to his apprentice. Meaning every shepherd used to have a junior shepherd. And because we can't expect 24-7 that the original shepherd's going to be there. He has to take a bathroom break. He has to go into town. And the understanding is when you give it over to a shepherd, you are giving it over to him with the ability that what? He can give it over to his apprentice. And the Kiddush is that when he gives it to his apprentice... The apprentice accepts full liability. That's the, but that's already not a kasha and rav anymore. A regular shomer does not have a right to give it over to a second shomer. I, in our Mishnah, that's what's happening. Because in our Mishnah, it's to the junior shomer, that's to uh, the junior to shepherd, that's to the apprentice, the barzile. So one of is like this. The urche de roel emeser the barzile. Because that's the norm. That's the expectation, even from the owner, that he's going to give it over to his junior shepherd. Okay. So therefore, yeah, now Ikeda Amri, there's another version of it which circles back to the same information. Mediktani, Masalaroa, Lechora, you should ask yourself a question. Why does it say in our case, this is the same version as, why does it say is that if you're, the sheep were given over to a shepherd, why do you pick a shepherd? Just say, they'll give it over to another shomer. Just say, you gave it to another shomer, the second shomer, the other shomer accept full responsibility. Why does it say specifically you gave it over to a shepherd, right? They've been very specific. So therefore, like this. So therefore, you gave it over to a shepherd. You didn't say just give it to a second person or a second shomer. So shmami now ma It's come. It's clear. What does it mean? You gave it over to a roa. It's talking about to an apprentice because that's the expectation and that's why it's okay. Which would therefore imply that if you gave it over to a stam person. Then the original guy would still be held liable. He cannot say, "Oh, I gave it to somebody else to watch." Either they like, right? And then it actually supports Rava's contention that a shomer who gave it over to a shomer is chayev. Tomorrow says like this: "To urche de mesa because that's the norm, that's the expectation that the shepherd will give it over to his apprentice. Avalacher from one shomer to give it over to a second shomer, lo, you would not be allowed to do the lemasayla Rava. Then it comes out that our Mishnah then should be actually not in the according to the first version was a refutation on Rava. She actually should come out to be a support of Rava. Tama Rava because Rava said shomer shemosal shomer is chayev. So Amri the Neishiva answered like." that you don't have a raya. Because maybe the only reason why it picks another shepherd, and it's talking about, it sounds like talking about an apprentice, because that's talking about the norm. That's a normal situation. But it doesn't come to tell you that if it's a shomer who gave it up, the shomer will be part there. Because sometimes the Mishnah talks about just normal situations, but it's not to the exclusion of the other situations. Urchadomiz of Tani is talking about a normal situation. Why would one person give it over to the other? Because he's giving it over to his junior shepherd. But the same thing would apply that when you give it over to another shomer, the second shomer accepts full responsibility, and the first one is no longer held liable, which is not like Rova. But the point is, it's not a question on Rova because you don't have to learn the Mishnah like that. Way. You can learn either way, and you don't have a proof. We'll stop over here, gentlemen.